to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Today we will be talking about how to stay interested in the hobby, what happens when you start feeling bored with board games, how do you keep yourself interested, are board games more like personal fads that are cool for a while, but destined to fade over time. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, the SGC, and the Gift of Games in Grace Lake, Illinois. And a huge thank you to all our other patrons as well. All right, another week and we're all alive. Yep. How many times have you left the house in the last week? To go on a walk oh, or to, like, interact with humans? To interact with humans. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I would... I don't know. It hasn't been a lot, but I haven't been keeping track of it. Like, I left the house today to go to the pharmacy, and I had to talk to a human there, but... Yeah, yeah I left... I've left once to go to the grocery store, and that was Saturday. Um, Sydney was feeling, like, really, I don't know, claustrophobic, uh, whatever. So, I'm like, let's just go to the store. So, the three of us, um, me, her, and Zachary, were like, all right. And we got to the store, and they were, like... They had a, a person at the cart thing that was wiping down all the carts as they were coming back. I was like, okay, this one's just been wiped down. Here you go. So it was stocked fairly well. They had no eggs. Um, they did have toilet paper, no Purell. And it was relatively empty. Like this was like a big, it's a Meyer, but only mid, Meyer's only in the Midwest for it. So think kind of like super target type of thing. But, um, it was like I say. It was. It took nothing. Self checkout. Super quick. Just in and out. Milk. Go through so much milk. We go through a lot of milk. <laughs> we stocked up before it was cool to stock up. I guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you buy organic, it lasts forever. Yeah, we have. We go through it fast enough where it doesn't really matter. But there's at any given point, there's between two and four gallons of milk in the refrigerator. Yep. Holy crap. Did you know you can freeze milk? Uh, we have two gallons frozen. Yeah. Yep. Just in case. Yep. <laughs> yep. Before this, well, before Zachary switched over to milk, we never, like, a, a one gallon would last us for two weeks. And it oftentimes would go bad before. Yeah. You know. Same. Yeah. And then you have we, a kid and they start drinking whole milk. Yeah. 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 Well, now he's drinking anywhere from uh, 18 to 24 ounces a day. And we know this because his cup is six ounces big and you'll mm-hmm. get three to four ounces of or three to four cups a day. Yep. Um, and then Sydney will have a bowl of cereal for breakfast. So between all of that, it goes pretty quick. Yeah. Plus cooking at home, a lot of things require milk to cook. So yeah, if you're making mac and cheese or any of those other gonna say that. super cool. Mac and cheese. Yeah, we have a lot of mac and cheese. We have a lot of hamburger helper. Because um, just they're easy meals to make. Yeah. It's great. We've been eating a lot of spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, a lot of <laughs> another one that's easy to stock up on. I made him uh-huh. some um little like lunch things. So we made a bunch of spaghetti and meatballs, and then I just like kind of diced it up and split it up into portions. So like that's his lunch for five days in a row. I made an absolutely gigantic pot of soup today to the point where I'm like, what am I going to do with all this soup? I like, we ate it for dinner and it's still just sitting there on the stove now. Cause (laughs) I'm like, I, I'm going to have to freeze some of this. I don't know if I have enough Tupperware. Like I just accidentally kept adding more and more like stuff to this soup. It turned into like stone soup, but it was just the one person being like, Oh, I've got carrots too. I'll throw some carrots in there. (laughs) And then I put like a whole head of cabbage in there and it's just, it's insane. Buy yeah, those deli fresh containers. Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> I should have bought deli containers. Those are great. Um, I usually get the Ziploc screw tap ones that are very similar to that, but we've been like using a lot of Tupperware. <laughs> yeah, I used to there's these Tupperware that I was getting from CVS for a while that have the tap the tops are attached to them and they're uh-huh. in various sizes. So those are like what I use for everything. Just because there's you know you can't lose the tops of them. They're just all right there. But anyway, this do is we have any more tabletop talk. Tupperware talk? <laughs> tabletop Tupperware talk. <laughs> so this episode um, actually was a listener request from JTT um, about a month ago, and I put it on the schedule. But there was a couple other things that I wanted to get to, and the the. Um, documentary one was a little bit more time sensitive. So I kept pushing this. And when this first came up, 
Actually, I'm going to read his email. It's just a paragraph. He's like, I've gotten into something of a rut with hobby with the hobby and doing the... I'm going to start that all over. I've gotten into something of a rut with the hobby and doing no why. Okay, that's his and fault. And don't not know mine. why. And don't know why. Don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I was gifted several games for Christmas and Valentine's Day that I was excited about, but yet to play them and except for one. Haven't played them except for one. I just can't get excited about playing games on a consistent basis. How do you keep yourself interested in the board game hobby besides doing a podcast? Doing a podcast helps. Um, and I have it a really suspicion <laughs> that a global lockdown also helps. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that next week, probably. Um, so at the time that he wrote this, I kind of felt the same way. And there's a bunch of reasons why this can happen. But now it's like, well, I have all these games and I have a bit more time on my hands just simply because we're not going out. And I, it's sort of kind of been revitalized as far as interest in gaming. But I do still want to touch on this because if you are sequestered and you are bored of board games, that's a terrible combination. So we're going to try to get you unbored through this episode. <laughs> that's going to be my goal. Um so, but yeah, like I said, a month ago, this was far more, I don't know, relevant, I relevant. guess. Relevant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I have the question I'm going to ask you guys. Um, so, Fletcher. Yeah. A month ago, um, actually, just any time, uh, have you been, like, bored of board games where it's just like, eh, I, and not for a day or, an, or a week or something like that, not short term, but, like, really, like, a prolonged, I'm just not interested in board games. Um. No, I haven't. It, for me, it's more of a problem of like trying to get a group of people together to like play a board game because it's just Carmen and I, and Carmen's not really super into board games to begin with. So it's kind of like trying to find a group of people to play board games with. But if there was a ready-made group of people that were, you know, right by or you know ready to go, then yeah, I totally would play board games. If that makes so, sense. you have not encountered the just board game burnout no by the way it's more common for people who have somebody willing to play with them at home or a regular group of games it's easier to like get to that burnout phase because i feel like i'm kind of in the same boat like spencer is probably more into board games than carmen but honestly not by that much and so whenever i get to play board games i feel like excited and grateful that i get to play board games and it keeps it fresh for me it's not like I get sick of it so easy, um, but that might be, yeah. I don't know, not a very when helpful answer. <laughs> no, well, but that's that's a thing too, right? It's one of those where if it's a special thing, you don't really get burned out over that occasional, wow, this is, this is cool, we get to do this now, as opposed to, well, I've been doing this a lot, and eh, maybe there's something else to go and do. Um, by the way, for those who have listened to us for 200, no, 188 episodes, um, you may have recognized this topic. We did a, a board game burnout episode back in episode 48. So that was 140 episodes ago. Um, we're so, doing a slightly different take on it, but we're doing a slightly different take on it. So I just want to, I just want to point out, I'm, I, I'm following this. Um, but Fletcher's yeah, so never done it before. Fletcher's never done this before. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> every, every time Fletcher's on the podcast, it's like his first time. Oh, you mean board game burnout? Huh? <laughs> Hilarious! I'm so funny. This is this is apocalypse humor. <laughs> so <laughs> don't pretend like your humor was good before this. Uh, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I did list a few reasons why, because sometimes this happens to me. I do get burned out and. Sydney would be like, you know, do you want to play a board game? And she'll catch me off guard because oftentimes we don't, we both like games, but we don't, we don't necessarily both say, oh, we're bored tonight. What do you want to do? Let's do a board game. Um, but Keyforge for a long time was that. Um, Keyforge is going through some growing pains and it's getting hit heavily by the everything sequestered, no more organized play. So yeah. it's hard, it's really hard to stay interested in that kind of stuff because it's like okay we can play against each other but that community is starting to fade away 
Especially because the reason you played with each other a lot was to increase your skill level so that you could go out and play against others in the community. Yep. And now it's like, you know, I was training for a marathon, but now the marathon's canceled and I can keep up with my training on my own, but why? Yeah. There's no goal anymore. Yeah. Yep. There's no and- deadline. There's no importance to it. And that's yep. really hard. And I'm not actually training for a marathon. I'm 27 weeks pregnant, just in <laughs> case anyone was wondering. Yeah. <laughs> well, and another thing, too, just an is... an analogy. <laughs> so Keyforge releases every six months, and we're in month four of the most current release. So it's like, there's not a whole lot to discover until the next release comes out. And it's been pushed because of the pandemic so we're not sure when it's going to come out so it's hard to be excited when there's just so much uncertainty yeah but other games you know i have uh, probably roughly between 250 and 400 games in the house um i don't keep track of them i don't have a you're BGG an exception list. but yes i am an yeah. exception <laughs> um so when she's like do you want to play a board game i'm like well yes but let me go stare at my shelves and try to figure out which one I can just pull off and play, and it doesn't feel like work to have to learn how to play it again. Yeah. Because to me, that's one of the biggest problems with board games, especially when you have so many. Um, again, it's it, probably an exception to the rule. Um, <laughs> you, you can't keep all the rules straight all the time. Oh, definitely. Our fa- and our favorite games are six-hour games, which we're happy to play, but it's a commitment. You know, we can drop down Star Wars Rebellion, which shouldn't be six hours, but for us it is. <laughs> or Eclipse. And I don't think that takes six hours, but four to five hours. And they're great games. It's just, it's dedication. And then we have about a two-hour window when Zachary's napping that we can play. Or after he goes to sleep, we have about a three-hour window before it's time for us to turn in. Um, so there's like that, those limited windows, those limited play spans where it's just so much easier to sit on the couch and bring up a movie. Yeah. yeah. Which is so, why I find myself watching the Tiger King and playing Animal Crossing instead of playing board games sometimes. <laughs> I have purposely not touched a video game since this started because I feel like somehow that's just going to drain all of my free time. Even though I have Ring Fit, which I really should play because at least that's exercise. And the, what is it, the Sequester 15 now? Well, I thought that's why it was COVID-19, because that's how many pounds you gain in seclusion. <laughs> yeah. It's like the freshman 15, the COVID-19. COVID-19, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's, I'm trying to avoid the video games, but the movies and the TV shows, Lego Masters, oh my god, that's so good. Um, I mean, Animal Crossing just came out, and I, like want to say that I'm playing it more because we're sequestered, but no. (laughs) Regardless of the self-isolation, I would be playing this game so much. I have always been a huge fan of the Animal Crossing franchise. so Which is about 20 years old now. Oh, that makes me feel so old. Sydney's like, no, it's a new... Yeah. Sydney's like, no, it's a new thing. I'm like, no, no, no. It's not. I played the original. I played it it on GameCube, man. Yeah. It was 1998 or 9, I think, when it first came out. The very first one. So, it's been right, a while. I'm sorry, I'm Googling. You keep talking. All right, I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> so, back to why you could get bored with board games. So, I think the biggest one is just that getting it to the table. That setup, that relearning things. And you can cure this simply by having a handful of games that you know really well. So, when you feel like, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm into a game. Pull out a Tiny Towns or a Sentry or a Splendor or something that's a really easy game to drop down, play for 45 minutes, maybe an hour tops, and just kind of get that, oh, wow, that was a lot of fun. Okay, now I'm ready to play this other thing. You know, to go back to Kitty's marathon example. Run a 5K before you run a marathon. Get excited about it. 2001. (laughs) So, 20 years old. Just about... Next year, 20 years of Animal Crossing. Yeah. We're old. It's cool. Yeah, because I guess I was like in high school, middle school. Me and my siblings all shared a village. It was great. Except that my sister got it first. So she donated all the good stuff to the museum. And we were always really resentful. (laughs) I can never play it. Um, I played it at the first time, but I'm like, I can never collect everything. And I'm a completionist. So no matter what, that game sets me up to be disappointed. You just have to keep playing. And also now, they don't penalize you for time traveling. 
So a lot of people cheat like that. I don't personally, but you'd probably do that. Go to all know. the seasons to get all the fish. Uh, 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 no, I can't do it. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. It's I so might watch fun. Tiger King or whatever that is, but <laughs> <laughs> Tiger King is so crazy. Like I can't even say it's good, but it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want to go on topic? We should have done another off topic this week. That we was really fun. should should have done another <laughs> off topic. This trust me, probably a good forty percent of the show will be totally off topic. So <laughs> we've already talked about Animal Crossing in my soup quite a bit. So <laughs> sorry, everybody else. <laughs> All right. Another reason I have down here that you could get bored with gaming is that you're the one that's always suggesting playing the game. Um, I find that this it's. You see this in friend groups, too, where there's always one person who's, like, organizing it and getting everything together. And once that person gets tired of being the organizer, the group just kind of stops hanging out. Mm -hmm. They're like, what happened? We drifted away. Like, how did that happen? It's like, it's because that one person, that glue, stops being... The person who's doing all the work. Yeah. And it can be hard. Yeah. The the mayonnaise keeps the bread together. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be hard. It can be exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the mayonnaise in a sandwich it's what brings everything together does it it's true yeah this is a theory from a book i read I, it's like a meg cabot yeah not book. i, I mean know. if we're gonna go on tangents with examples of this i will say that's true because ketchup is too slippery it doesn't it's not sticky <laughs> um mustard <laughs> Wait, that is your sandwich because cr- that's gross that's your criteria <laughs> It's well, too sli- it's too slippery. Follow me through here. <laughs> Mustard, you don't put enough of it on there. Mayo is just it's the sticky condiment. And not everyone likes mustard. Yeah, not everyone but likes everybody mustard. Everybody likes mayonnaise. You have to like mayonnaise. Not everyone we likes mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> not everyone likes mayonnaise. A lot more people than like mustard. I don't know. About mayonnaise that. is I'm Miracle out a Twitter poll. <laughs> Miracle Whip is hit or miss because it has some weird taste in it. But mayonnaise. No, I'm talking about mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Yeah, I'm just saying it's delicious. What? What? What do you have against olive oil and egg whites? It's not that I have anything against it. I just know a bunch of people that don't like mayonnaise. Well, those people are wrong. Personally, I prefer mustard over mayonnaise. I do like mustard. Um, I don't jump to the mayonnaise, but when I have mayonnaise on there, I'm like, why does this taste so good? And I'm like, oh right. So yeah, I, I don't know. But anyway, if you're the mayo in your group, <laughs> I'm going to be the master of segues back to topic. <laughs> that can be a reason to get kind of burned out on playing games. Um, and I think the the cure to this is really talk with your friends and be like, we could play a game, but if you wanted to do something else, I'm, I'm fine with that too. And if you find out that your friends are like, no, 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 we really do like playing games, we just you know, we don't have the same knowledge or we don't know what to suggest or whatever. We don't You're, own the games. We don't own the games. It, That's a big one. I feel like a lot of friend groups, there's like one person who like the games are, they belong to that person. So like if you're that person, it's all on you and yep. it, it's hard. But, you know, at the same time, as somebody who had a friend who lived right downstairs, who had all the games, it seemed really silly for me to go out and buy them, even though I really enjoyed playing with you. So I could see how in your situation, it might feel like you were always bugging me to come play your games. But I was like, oh, man, I hope Chris invites me to come play his games. But it it can feel (laughs) different coming from different sides of the conversation. Yeah. And it only takes one time of saying, hey, do you want to play this? It's like, no, I'm not really in the mood. I'm like, Oh wow! Am I bugging them? Or, I've or like, been irritating them this whole time. They never liked it. Oh my goodness! That negative thought spiral gets you. <laughs> yeah. So you, pr- there's probably not that. And like I say, just talk with your group. Say, you know, like I said, you want to play something else or you want to do something else. I'm all for that. Now, listen to last week's episode on ways of doing games remotely right now, because um, <laughs> we just played um, Cthulhu: Death May Die. For the se- so Sydney and I had played this once before, and then we played this with Jen over Zoom again, and she didn't have a copy of the game. So I'm like, well, let's see what happens here. And what I did is I just put a camera on her player board and then a camera on the board itself. And at the end, she's like, that went really, really well. That was way more fun than playing on Tabletop Simulator because she had just played with that with another of her gaming groups. And I'm like, awesome. Um, so there are ways of doing this remotely 
you just need to pick the games. Also, Cthulhu Death May Die, such a good game. It's it's just it's so good. Um, is this the one with the the gigantic sure? Yes, it is. The, it has the gigantic <laughs> gigantic sure. Um, <laughs> it's yes. not a miniature because it's like two it's feet not a tall. Miniature. It's as big as my toddler. Yeah, yeah. No, I've Do seen they, it. Yeah, two foot tall Cthulhu, which is the game board for one of the scenarios. So it this is if you if you like Arkham Horror. This is not Fantasy Flight. This is um, Cool Mini or not. But if you like Arkham Horror, the board game, I think this is what? way better than that. There's a really gimmicky miniature that comes with this game, and it's by Simon. You don't yes. say. Yes. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's yes. <laughs> yes. But the game is great. You pick a scenario. You pick an Elder God. You put them together. And all of a sudden, you have a, a like a unique scenario out of it. So it's, it's really good. Anyway, I digress i told you most of the show is about tangents <laughs> <laughs> um all right so the next one i have on here is um it it's easy to get burnt out if you're the one that's always teaching the rules mm-hmm. so we just talked about you know having to learn rules or relearn rules um but if you have to teach every single time you pull a game out that can be exhausting um, whether this because there's a new person in the group or because it's a new game that you want to try out, it, it's the just most frustrating. Is when you taught everyone last week and then you feel like you're teaching them all again. And they're like, "No, no, I'm really interested," but they can't remember week to week what the rules are. Yeah, or you can say, "This is the game we're going to play." Everyone go watch the how to play, and maybe half the people do, or maybe everyone but one person does. Which doesn't really matter because if everyone didn't do it, you're still spending the same amount of time. Right at the same spot. Yeah. Yep. And teaching games can be half half the time it takes to play the game. Sometimes more. Sometimes more. Some cases. Yeah. So I would say in this case, my recommendation is just play some games you know really well. Get out of the the feeling that you want to play something new. I know, you know, JTT's original comment was I got these new games for Christmas. If Maybe you're, you're just not as into those games as you thought you were. Maybe or, they're like they seemed exciting at the time, but now it's like eh, I just want to play what's familiar. Maybe pull out like a a favorite old game and see if that strikes more interest than trying to teach yourself a new game because that can be like much harder to do than to play something that you know it is familiar. It's like I love to reread books. I know I've talked about this so many times before, but. Um, rereading an old book gives me a completely different feeling than reading a new book. And, you know, it's comforting. It's familiar. It's easy. And I like that sometimes. And I, you know, I enjoy being challenged, but I also enjoy not being challenged sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Just pick something easy. Go back to a mainstay and listen to next week's episode where we will talk about what to do with these games you've had for a while and haven't played. (laughs) That's... Next week's episode. Um, Fletcher, have you had problems where you're always the one teaching games, right? Yes. Even if they're not but mine. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't do it enough where you kind of get burned out on it. And especially when they're not yours. It's like, I have this game. Come teach me how to play it. And I'll play it with you. It is. I mean, at least unless I'm with like you guys, um, I'm definitely the one that's like going to the rule book, watching the let's play. And I'm like, okay, everybody, so we can save some time because it does shorten the learning curve a little bit. If you spend like an hour ahead of time, like reading the rules or watching a let's play. So you have a general idea of what you need to do. And it, and some people will like pick up little bits of rules here and there of like, Oh, it's like, no, I re-, like so a person will remember like one part of a rule. Another person will remember a different part of a rule. Um, so it's, it's, it's helpful. But if you're the one that has to like go through and it kind of feels like you're dragging people along, it's like, yes, I like I showed up like now teach me. And it's like, well, you need to put in some effort. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It can be exhausting. So to go with that, our recommendation was, you know, find a game you don't have to teach or a simpler game or something along those lines. So the next thing I have here is if you don't have a go to game that's easy to pull out and just play, that can be a problem. So if every game that you have is heavyweight, yeah, then no matter what, you're like, well, let's play a board game, and we're going to make a minimum of a two-hour commitment out of this every single time. Yeah. My recommendation here is get a game that's fun and easy. 
and there's tons of them out there these days. Um, find a roll and write. Find a 45-minute game. Like Yeah, and like it doesn't even have to be something that has no strategy or something that's not fun for you. There's so many varieties of these. Like it doesn't even have to be lighter weight, just like less setup, less time. You can still find heavily strategic games that don't take up as much table space, don't take up as much setup time, don't take as much energy before the gameplay. Yeah. That it's because that sometimes burns me out more than the actual game is like, I would love to play time stories more than we do. We have not made it through the original set of time story stories. And that's because every time I look at it and you know, this would be me and Spencer playing two player. I know that he doesn't enjoy it as much as me. I think, am I really going to go through this setup just to do something that like I want to do, but Spencer doesn't really want to do as much as me when we could play something else or, you know, watch Tiger King. <laughs> Which goes to our next one. But um, what is your favorite? I'm not reading the list ahead of time. I'm just no, reacting. No. Sorry. But to stay on this <laughs> one for a second, what is your, what is your favorite um, easy pull out and play game? Um, let's see. Fox in the Forest, probably. Okay. We play a lot of that. It's really easy. There's not, like, it's a deck of cards and some tokens. You don't even have to pull out the tokens until you're playing the game. There's, like, scoring point things. So. Fletcher, what about you? Your favorite just pull out and play game? I mean, it's either Sushi Go Party or Splendor. Maybe even Elaminis, which I've talked about before. Because people understand the concept of it's like rock paper scissors mechanic. Yeah, mine is Century or yeah Century Golem Edition is probably my go to. I really enjoy that game. It was the last. I was going to say that, we, but I don't. I don't own it. <laughs> but it, yeah. it's a really good game. <laughs> Our last game night because we had just started doing every other week game nights at work when this happened and our last one was this game and we played it five players and no one had played it besides me. And it was, it took five minutes to teach. And at the end, everyone's like, Oh man, if I could stay longer, I'd want to play that game again. So it's just a fun little easy, there's strategy there, but there's enough luck where everyone feels like they have a chance. Um, but I had obviously played before and I won by a long shot. Um, because I had I knew the strategy, but it only takes one game to learn that strategy. And then it's yeah. like, okay, now you're on equal playing field. Um, Tiny Towns is another really good one. Super easy to learn, super easy to set up, but a lot of strategy. Um, and both of those are kind of like point salad-ish games. But those are probably my two go-tos. Um, I also really like Railroad Inc. If I have to support like a larger group, I'll pull that one out. Because it's, again, it's another easy one. And at the end, you have... You've met, you've made something. That's a roll and write. Um, so those are my go-to games. If I'm like, I just need to get out of this rut. Now the problem I have is if I am in a rut, Sydney doesn't like Sentry. Uh, she's okay with Tiny Towns, but and I don't think she's really crazy about Railroad Inc. either. So she doesn't have a base game that she likes. Um, so in in that case, it's basically Keyforge. Let's play a couple games of Keyforge. Okay. And she'll do that, um, which I'm also fine with because that's a super simple game. It's just a two-player only game. So here's the next thing. And we sort of alluded to this at the beginning. Um, I should have probably flipped this up. But I, again, I took these notes a month ago. So <laughs> I, didn't, I have not read that either. But when there's so many other mindless activities to do, you can get bored with board games, uh, TV, video games, etc. And I don't know if we need to really revisit this too much because we talked about it at the top. I will say, like, you know, there's so many mindless things to do that board gaming is much more mindful. You have to be much more engaged with it than you have to be with these other platforms. It's much easier yeah. just to check out in front of these other things, whereas a board game, you have to actively engage. And I think it's easy to just check out instead of choosing to do something that is going to take your mental focus, that is going to take your attention, that is going to require your presence at the table the whole time. Whereas yes. some of this other stuff, I can do three of these at once. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's, sometimes you do need that mental break. And board gaming, in some ways, it's a break from what I do the rest of the day. But in other ways, it's 
engaging. It's not a break. It's an activity where you are active mentally yeah. the whole time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's an active activity versus a passive activity. Yeah, TV definitely. Is, TV is passive. Um, even reading a book, I would say, is probably an active activity. But listening to a book, which is what I normally do, is passive. Mm-hmm. Um, I can yeah. do Podcast that while too, yeah. yep, doing laundry or doing all kinds of things. I can listen to a book um, or watch TV or listen to TV or podcasts or something. Video games. Depends on honest, the game. <laughs> honestly, it depends on the game. But I would say video games are more passive than active. You can't. You can tend to do more than one. So you can do video games and TV yeah. at the same time or video games and podcasts at the same time. So that's sort of what I'm defining as active. It's something like you, this is what you're doing. Yeah. You're not doing a secondary task at the same time. Yes. I can't play a board game and also Animal Crossing at the same time. Yeah. Or not without upsetting people. <laughs> um, if you're doing a board game and watching TV, you're, you're doing something wrong. I have played um tabletop rpgs and like crocheted at the same time but i think spencer yelled at me yeah well even there the crocheting is a passive activity the crocheting was not the problem it was when i kept being like look i finished another row (laughs) i think that was the problem if you take your passive activity and make it and i make it everyone's active activity yeah i was just really proud that thing it's moving so fast it looks Mm. so pretty you have a lot of time on your hands. I do. <laughs> <laughs> what is your mindless activity, Fletcher? Probably watching movies. I love watching movies. So when you're watching movies, are you re-watching things you've watched before? Or are you trying to like catch up on stuff you've missed? Um, I sometimes rewatch stuff, but I'm not a huge rewatcher. Uh, I usually like to go and find new things. Um, I'm not a big person that likes to sit and rewatch old movies that I've seen before. Unless it's been like a long time. Do you do something while you watch movies or do you like just watch the movie? I just watch the movie. Like I don't even like to talk while watching a movie. Because some people like to like (laughs) talk while watching the movie. I'm like, no, like stop talking. Like I'm trying to get engrossed in this movie. And people that like try to talk or like get on their phones. Because I'm never paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's like Carmen. She like watches a whole season of television (laughs) And while doing other things, and then I see her later rewatching. I'm like, didn't she just watch that? She's like, yeah, but I wasn't paying attention the first time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. To me, that just Makes seems like a waste sense. of time. <laughs> yeah, when Kitty and I lived together, we would have uh, two or three movies that we watched all the time. All the time. <laughs> so you could put that on in the background, and we could talk about whatever. Um, it was not unusual to be like, oh, two bottles of wine and Tangled, followed by um, Pitch, Pitch Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything with any musical type of movie, I can just I can put it on and be interested in it over and over and over. But with Sydney, Sydney likes watching things she's seen before because she knows she's going to like them. Same thing with games, and I'm trying to get her to watch some of the classics. Like I make you've never seen Forrest Gump, you need to watch Forrest Gump. Or Contact. That was the one early. I'm like, do you want to watch Contact? She's like, eh, I don't know. I'm like, this is such a good movie. So it's it's interesting because, and she will get super engrossed. Like how she watches things, I'm a little bit envious of because she just, everything else goes away, like completely fades away. And I'm like, I don't know how you do that. I, I have to have multiple things I'm doing for most things I'm watching. Um some stuff I, I get excited. I don't know if the excited is the right word because I don't actually get excited about anything really. Um, but like <laughs> The Watchmen. Um, that was a show that I'm like, I'm putting everything away just so I can watch this show because if I don't, I have no idea what's going on. So that to me was like worth like setting time apart. And like Westworld, I'm doing that a little bit. Um, because again, there's a lot going on. So I'm like, all right, great. I just get to invest in this. It's, But all of the Marvel Netflix stuff, I just, eh, whatever. It's on in the background. I'll pick up the information I need. It's not like a heavy watch. Spencer makes fun of me because we'll watch a show together. And then the next day, I'll rewatch the episodes we watched the night before. So that I'm now prepared to watch the next episode. <laughs> we did that. So Star Wars Episode Nine, it finally came out. So I saw it in the theater, and I don't care what anyone says. It's one of my favorite of the Star Wars. Um, but Sydney didn't get a chance to see it in the theater because she stayed home with Zachary at that time. So it finally came out on 
um, digital. And I'm like, okay, let's watch this. She's like, well, what if we watch all of the other ones first? And I'm like, what? She's like, no, all Why? all eight of the other ones. I'm like, okay, let's compromise. We can watch the last trilogy, <laughs> and then we can go into the third one. But because no, she's watched she, them all and Rogue One, yeah. Well, <laughs> and you have, to, and she she watched them all in order. So she did episode one, two, three, Rogue One, four, five, six, um, and then. Seven, eight, nine. Seven, eight. And I don't think Solo was out at the time when she had done this, but because Solo would come probably before Rogue One. Yeah. So it'd be one, two, three, Solo. Rogue One. Rogue One, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then. Wouldn't Solo be like the very first one? Or like, it would be like one, two, and then Solo or something like that. It's not clear where in the timeline it fits. I think. It goes around Rogue One. I yeah, think. I would say it's or still it was be- definitely before Rogue One. It was before Rogue One. Definitely before Rogue One. But yeah. I don't know where it fits, if it fits before the original trilogy, because Harrison's Ford age is, um, yeah, he's one of those interesting people where he could be anywhere between like, you know, 30 and 60 in a movie. And I'm like, I can't really place this <laughs> until he like suddenly becomes an old man. Yeah. <laughs> he goes like he was middle aged for like you know, 30 years and then suddenly for, was Yeah, for 30 years, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, mindless activities. Yeah, it's really easy to get distracted <laughs> by them. Uh, so many I'll, rabbit holes we've gone down. Although, again, to put it together, when we were watching Rogue One, because that one is a movie I lo- that's it is my first favorite of all the Star Wars movies, Rogue One. Um, that made me want to play good. Star Wars Rebellion. Because Star Wars Rebellion has an expansion, which is basically the Rogue One expansion, and has all the characters from from there, and has events and stuff from there. And so we watched that, and we're like, okay, now let's go play Star Wars Rebellion. And it sort of, you know, again, to get back on topic, got us interested in pulling out that game again, which is a really long game, but it's also really, really fun. And finally, Sydney won playing the dark side, so next time I play, I can actually play the dark side, as opposed to having to play the Rebellion every time. All right, this next one. Um, uh, yeah, this order's fine. Um, when life is hectic and you feel busy or tired is a good reason to kind of get burnt out on the board gaming thing. This I happens- think, again, it kind of ties in with it's, it's active. You, yeah. you have to be putting energy in. Um, and, like, it is a recharging activity for me. It is energizing in a certain way, but... You have to have a base level of energy going in to get there. And there is a way. So I like your marathon analogy. It was just a running <laughs> analogy. When I was training for the marathon, uh, which was a long time ago now, 10 years at least. <laughs> Before I knew you. <laughs> yeah. The the running part, I was not super psyched about running. and But as soon as I started doing it, after about a mile or two – you kind of got into that pace. And then when you got done, you're like, oh, that felt really good. Yeah. But getting started is always the hard part. Definitely. And, you know, you know, they say the endorphin rush and all that stuff. Like, you know, you get, you have to get into it though. Like the getting started, taking those first steps, even like, um, I remember hearing about a lady who she just started going to sleep in her running clothes because she found it was way easier to go for a run in the morning because she was already ready. Like, but like that extra step of getting dressed in the morning, she's like, I just wouldn't do it. And then when I woke up ready to go, I had no reason not to. I wasn't going to change out of my running clothes until I had done the run. So that is a perfect segue into the example (laughs) I was going to use. That is now a metaphor, um, which is set the game up. The day before, set it up, get it all put on the table, read the rules, know that you're not going to play it right now. So you're not, you know, being like, oh, man, I'm just not in the mood here. But setting up a game, not that hard. And then the next day, well, it's already set up. It's on the table. Like, I guess we should do it. Let's let's go play. Might as Um, well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's like dressing for your dressing in your running clothes the night before. Right. You just. It's I imagine this woman also with the running sneakers on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sneakers on, you know, headphones, everything. Yeah. I do this. Reflective bands. <laughs> yeah. I do this now that I know if I'm going to play a game a particular evening, I will set it up at lunch and just have it set up because otherwise by the end of the day, I'm just like, ah, I'm just not in the mood to set this up and then 
also have to play it. So if I set it up early when I'm excited about it, when the end of the day comes, I'm like, oh, all we got to do is sit down and start rolling dice and we're we're good to go. And it just makes it much easier. Definitely. Um, I will say this can be a lot harder if you have limited space. But yes. in some ways, it's much more motivating because you're like, well, I have to play the game now because I'm not going to I'm not going to put it away without playing it. That's ridiculous. So. Yep. Yeah. If you just have one kitchen table, you're you set it up the night before and, you know, it, eat your breakfast and lunch at the counter. Yep. Over and the sink like, a, you know, good human. Exactly. And until we play this game, we don't have family dinner. (laughs) I've held you all hostage. Welcome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think think really, for me, I've done that a number of times with games that I've been pulling out and trying to reteach myself because it's been like a couple years. And that is literally the topic for next uh, week is, you know, how to get back into games you haven't played in a really long time. Um, But honestly, setting up the game and just just that act of doing that starts to remind you of how to play it. So if it's a new game, setting it up will, again, allow you to like focus on the rules and what pieces are called what. And it really kind of helps cement those the rules that you're reading. Um, but if it's a game you play, haven't played for a while or a game you've played recently, maybe, but it just refreshes the rules. It you know, like puts it back on the front of your mind. Um, but yeah, and... It is really, really easy right now to feel tired, even though we're not really doing anything physically exhausting. The not doing something is one of the most exhausting things. I don't know, because, you know, one of the few things that we have been doing is taking walks as a family. And I went from, you know, yeah, we'd take um, player three out for a walk every once in a while. We'd head over somewhere usually like going to like my parents' house or the park or something though. And then we didn't have those places to go. So we kind of stopped. And then so she's like, no, we need to start leaving the house. We just need to go for these walks. So I think the dog has actually been more social this week than ever before, because he has been out of the house two, three times a day (laughs) (laughs) before he was getting maybe one walk. He was much more of a yard dog. (laughs) Well, and that's what you have to do. Cause if you were not to take these walks, you just We're that doing nothing. Yeah, that fatigue of not doing anything is fatiguing. So um, that's what I'm trying to do. So, so Sydney and I are with Zachary all day long. Um, in the morning, we have someone come over with him, but for you know, on the weekends, we don't. So what we've started doing is switching on and off. It's like okay, for the next two hours, I am responsible for him. You can do whatever you want. You want to go out and walk around the neighborhood for two hours do that. And that's helped us stay sane because it gives us our personal time and their ability to like actually go do stuff. Um, The weather's just been fairly cold where long walks at 40 degrees is not the most fun thing. We don't go for long walks. We just, we've got like a kind of, it's a little bit longer than around the block, but basically around the block. But we have a retention pond on our route that has a duck that lives in there. And player three has been loving stalking this duck and he's really upset when the duck is not in the pond <laughs> do you take him with a stroller s- still or is he walking um it depends on how far we're going he's usually in the stroller though okay he can yeah. go but you know you never know when he's just going to suddenly give up and then you have to carry him home <laughs> <laughs> and that's always going to be the furthest point away yeah. because that's when you turn around and go back home yep yeah all right so go out do stuff and Get set up the air. game ahead of time. These things <laughs> will help. And then the last one I have on the list is it's hard when you have a lot of games that you haven't played yet and potentially keep getting more. Again, mm-hmm. this is not necessarily a problem everyone has, but I feel like Just a you. lot of our listeners may have this. No, I say it's a problem even for me sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not nearly as bad as Chris. I have maybe a tenth the collection that Chris has. But still, I look at some of these new games and I'm like, I have to learn that. It's going to be hard. I don't want to right now. And then I'm like, well, if I don't want to learn that one, I'm not going to play the games that I do know how to play. Because like, if I'm, if I'm going to play a game, I want to play the new game. And so it like puts me in this false choice of then I'm going to play no games. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I used to have this issue with work in general. Like, okay, so I have... I have 
X, Y, and Z personal tasks and A, B, C, D, E, F, G work tasks. And I really want to get the personal tasks done, but I need, I should do the work tasks. But if I'm not going to do the work tasks and I'm not going to do anything because I shouldn't do the personal tasks first and then nothing ends up getting done. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, and it's just this vicious cycle. And so I've said, you know something? I'm just going to do whatever is on my list and get it done because that motivates me to get to the next thing and the next thing. Definitely. And because you can feel really guilty to, you know, in this particular example, I can't play this staple game that I really like because I have eight other games that are still in shrink wrap that I should play. Well, no, you don't have to play those games. You can play the games you really like. And eventually, again, next week, that episode, we're going to focus on this. <laughs> you can play those <laughs> games that are in shrink that you haven't played. And when you do, you'll be like, oh, I, that's great. I played it now and it's totally fine. Well, and it, back to the running analogy again. I don't know why we're so focused on running, but like, you know. Because we're all pent like, up in our houses. <laughs> we're so cooped up. We need to get out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes you're like, I don't want to go for a run at all. But if you can convince yourself just to go that one mile, I'll just get out. I'll just do the quick run today. Get out of the house for a little bit. Sometimes you find after that mile, you're like, I can keep going. It's It was the getting started that was the hard part. And if you have to play, you know, a short, simple little game to want to feel motivated to learn the new game, it might help. And it won't hurt. So yeah. that, there's, it there's goes no back, harm. Yeah, it goes back to having a collection of games. I recommend everyone have two or three games that are, again, super fun for you, whatever that happens to be. Yep. And easy. Rules are simple. It's just fun. Sit down and Easy play. Easy setup, not a lot of pieces. Yep. Something and, you can get to the table in 10 minutes or less. Yep. And this can literally be euchre. Like, yeah. You know, if you're Midwest, I guess, but heart, spades, it, it could be a normal card <laughs> game if that gets you to the table. Well, honestly, Fox in the Forest is basically those games, except, you know, cooler you can art. play two player. Yeah. Um, Which have you is heard? why we played all the time. That's our easy to pull out game. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys heard of The Crew? I'm assuming that's a rhetorical question, but I'll ask anyway. Maybe. It is a three the crew? to five. Yeah. So it's not the book no. series. So there's a, a by Van Griffin, I think. Vander Griffin or something like that. Um, they have a collection of graphic novel, choose your own adventure style books, which are called The Crew. But it's not that one. This is a trick taking game. But it's a cooperative trick-taking game. And there's 50 missions. And each one of those missions you can play multiple times. But it'll be like a mission could be um, you have to take the tricks in the order of you know the blue suit. The high card has to be the first trick that's taken. And then the next one and the next one. And you're not allowed to talk to each other short of a one card that you can put information, like you can put a token on. Say you have a high card, a low card, or something in the middle. And essentially, it's a cooperative trick-taking game. And it's getting rave reviews. I have a copy now because um, it's now available on Amazon. The problem with it is, it is it does take three players and just sort of have to be in the same place to do a trick taking game. <laughs> so it's not a great pandemic game. But um, okay, Chris, you're gonna play my third card from the left. Nope, no, nope, my left. Nope. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, the Camelers did it. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's. But I really want to play that, and it's one of those games where it's like, we can just sit down. It's a board game, um, as far as we define them. and It's a tabletop game. It's a tabletop game. And yeah, so having something like that where it's like, okay, it isn't a deck of cards. It's a little bit more involved in that, but it's literally a deck of cards. Uh, it's just <laughs> colored symbols as opposed to spades and clubs and hearts and diamonds. Um, but I love love the idea that it's a co-op game. Yeah. So, And that's another thing, too, is... I didn't add that to the list, but if you haven't played co-op games lately, you probably should. Because This is coming from Chris, the king of he <laughs> used to hate co-op games. I used to find them so... You used to badmouth them constantly. They were so boring, um, but now they're, they're quite good. Yeah. And you don't... There's more of them. There's more variety. It's not just like, where do the cubes fall on the map this time is the variety. There's much more to it. Yeah. There's story-based ones. There's, you know, the legacy ones are, the, the legacy co-ops are usually the best one, although Clank Legacy was really, really good. Um, but there is something to be said to have a group that's all working together. You don't have to do it all the time, but 
co-op games, try those out. Because if you're bored of board gaming, it might be because of the competitive nature. That can be taxing as well. Yeah, definitely. So, And it feels good to be on the side of the other humans. Yeah. And you know, against something. <laughs> and there's some great ones out there. I, I just mentioned Cthulhu Death May Die, which is available everywhere right now. Um, get that and then get the Season 2 expansion. And you'll have lots of investigators, lots of Elder Gods, lots of scenarios to play. And you can mix and match them. And you can replay the same things over and over. Um, but it those types of games there's just a lot of fun there if you're not into cthulhu there are an endless number of co-op games in every genre possible um i could list some now but clank legacy get that one um that's not co-op <laughs> i take that back that's a good in fact we have though. whole episodes i want to say yeah yeah and just you know go on board game geek and say hey best co-op games for there's actually probably a, a dozen lists already for best co-op games i'm sure for the pandemic um, Fantasy Flight just did an article on best solo games for the pandemic, and they put Star Wars Rebellion on there. They're like, okay, this isn't a solo game. This is a two-player game, but it's so good that we want to put it on here. <laughs> Granted, it's all their own games, but still, I, I have to agree with them. They, yeah. Um, Kitty, I think I'm going to make you play Arkham Horror the card game <laughs> in the very near future. <laughs> You're going to torture her? Well, I've been thinking about it. The torturing part, yeah. Flopping over my chair doesn't really come across on audio, I guess. (laughs) Well, so I think this is a game that you would really enjoy, but it is, the more I listen to people (laughs) who are, get into it for the first time, it's apparently just a really, really heavy game to get into. Um, It's not that hard, though, if someone else is teaching you the game. and (laughs) It's also not that hard if somebody else has already bought all the things. (laughs) Right. Yes. Because it's not just... Hard to get into. It's expensive to get into. So, and that, because we're in tangent land, um, <laughs> FFG just announced... Can, should we just rename this episode <laughs> Tangent Land, please? <laughs> we don't it's do that. It's not quite as good as living that dragon lifestyle. But <laughs> I love it when we have unrelated names to the episodes that weren't intended. <laughs> oh, I'll subtitle it. Um, but FFG just recently announced five investigator decks for Arkham Horror, which one for each investigator type. You get you get an investigator, you get a full deck, and you get upgrade cards for that. So all you have to do is buy that, and you don't need anything else. Stop sleeping. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> That's Player Three's new strategy for when he hears something he doesn't want to hear. <laughs> just pretend like he's sleeping. Convenient Odin yeah. sleep. He actually does it with his eyes like open and staring at you, though. Just like, <laughs> very disturbing. <laughs> with a dead stare. Dead stare. This isn't what you look like while you sleep. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> yeah, Zachary has um, two words. So his first word is high, and he's very good at using it. And he uses it correctly and with intent. So that's it counts as a first word. Um, and it's adorable. And his second word isn't really a word. But the other day I sneezed, and it was a very loud, ah, chew. And he looks at me and he goes, yeah, it was a dad's knees. And he looks at me and he goes, (laughs) ah, and I'm like, did you just do that? And he does it again. And then I did it. I went, ah, and then he does immediately, ah, so that's his other word is his sneeze sound. It counts. Player three is getting more and more intricate in his speech, which is delightful and irritating in equal measure. (laughs) Uh all the time. I hear a lot about train crashes and car crashes and slipping on ice because I let him watch too much Paw Patrol. (laughs) (sighs) It's all my own fault. (laughs) Yeah, Zachary's actually started to take an interest in TV for short periods of time. He'll look at it and like, oh, that's a something. And all the FaceTime we've been doing and Zoom stuff, he knows that the people are people. So Mm -hmm. he'll like wave and say hi and smile and get all excited when he sees people on the screen. So I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah, we've been children. doing a lot of Zoom calls too. Yeah, Zoom is great. I think we mentioned it last week. It's worth the $15 a month to have at least one person in your fan group have it. Although honestly, I don't think they're really cutting people off at 40 minutes for free accounts uh, now. Yeah, I think they, I know they definitely lifted it in some countries. I wouldn't be too surprised if they lifted it here. Um, and it's a great marketing thing. Honestly, lift it during the quarantine and then start charging people afterward. 
you're going to get a lot of people that just sign up for it because you become dependent on it. Yeah. So he's been quality. going to church through Zoom. Yep. Well, for example, so Fletcher's audio, Fletcher's internet sucks. Um, <laughs> My internet is fine. It's just the location in the house where this computer is is not great. Sure. So, so what happens? Sucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what happens is is we're on a Zoom conference, so it's all video chat, and when Fletcher's um, internet cuts out, so does his audio. So what we've done this time is I said audio don't or don't Fletcher don't use your internet audio just call in <laughs> your so name's audio now your name is audio now <laughs> <laughs> so the audio is not as clear because well, for whatever reason you're using it sounds like on speakerphone versus um like a clear I'm using my airpods you, use, instead of instead of the uh, nice microphone right but it doesn't cut out so even when your screen freezes you can hear what we're saying and we can hear what you're saying which really helps a lot again Yay, yeah. Zoom. For the listener, so. they shouldn't notice any difference because I'm still no, recording no. on the microphone. Yeah. The way we do the editing is everyone records individually at their location and then we merge the files afterwards. So you hear the best quality from all of us um, because I really like to have clean audio sounding stuff. But yeah, so that is um, our tangents. There's <laughs> <laughs> a tangent. That's a tan line. Lots of tan lines. Yep, yep, yep. So, anyway, anything else that you guys could think of of how to get over being bored with board games? Don't worry about taking a break. Yeah, take Don't a break. Don't think that just because you take a break, you're done with it forever. You know, put it down. You can come back to it later. It'll still be there. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sometimes you just need to take a break of things. Otherwise. Yeah, that's what burnout is, right? Just doing yeah. something for too long. And the problem is if you burn out too hard, you may never want to go back. Yeah, um, you may never want to go back. Go set it down when you're still kind of, you know, into it, when you're thinking about this. And come back to it when you have the energy, and then you'll be happier. Yep. Good times. Fletcher, anything from you? Uh, I don't know. Try to... Maybe play with some new people. That's that's hard to do right now, obviously. But if you can get <laughs> if you can get people, if you can get new people or like people excited into playing a game, that could make you excited into playing a game. Yeah, um, but I actually no- do think we're going to get my friend to play D anD D for the first time because she has no work to do and nothing yeah. better at their time. So it's perfect. I feel yeah. like tabletop RPGs are a lot easier to do remote in some ways. So. Yeah, they are. And it's so easy to get people into RPGs. You just be like, no, literally just show up. That's all you have to do. She, we even got her to the point where she, we were like, so we're going to create a character with you, but we want you to have like input on what kind of character. So we just want you to pick a race and a class. Read these like eight descriptions of races. These eight descriptions, we're just doing the basic ones. Pick two, like one from each category that appeals to you. And that will be your character. And don't worry about numbers, stats, none of that. Just the fun stuff. Yep. <laughs> so she already read through. She's going to be um, a halfling ranger. So Nice. I'm excited. Yeah. That's Megan. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I think she'll have fun. I think she'll have fun. We've been trying to get... She's been, like, hovering on the edge of playing D&D for, like, a year. Yeah. Who's DMing? Um, I heard Amy. Nice. Do you remember Amy? So since she lives in Philadelphia, but, um, you know... We're not going to be in the same space anyway. And she's been DMing a couple. I think she plays in one game and she DMs another. So she's like finally gotten more comfortable with the DM role. So. Yeah. And I think Zoom for D&D is nice, too, because you can share your screen and still have all the cameras across the top. And what Uh you're sharing on screen can be whatever map or images or whatever you want to share with the group. Um, And again, I, I just find it easier than a lot of the fiddly um, dedicated platforms out there. So, all right. And that will be our last tangent for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Is that because it's time for me to read the outro? (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you can follow us on Facebook at tabletop. And there's a podcast page there. Um, (laughs) Twitter is tabletop game. TLK. Kitty's lawful. Good mom. Fletcher is Net Fletch. I am Game Master Chris. Um, you can help us out on Patreon at tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon, or you can leave us in review at Apple Podcasts or pretty much anywhere uh, you find us. And if you can't find us someplace, well, I guess you're not listening to us, but yeah, if you see us not on something, let me know and I'll try to get us there. <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. 
Thanks for listening, and remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Finally, a huge thank you to our Patreons. Um, Adam Harrison, the SGC, the Gift of Games. Jason Strong, Terrence Milner, Stephen Seitz, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Liu, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Wong, Caleb O'Brien, Jennifer Lingabet, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jennifer, uh, Jeremy Fisher, <laughs> <laughs> David Radke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Lum, Phil Swarshall, Ann Reynolds, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dong, Nate, Baz Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric Lander, Mike Smith, Joe Hoover, Timothy Gross, Glenn Cotter, Jesse Wolkowiak, Gregory Huber, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Christopher Letko, John Lewis, and Joe Rexdad, Ron Nelson, Sarah Sahara, sorry Sahara, every single time, <laughs> uh, Wetworth, Weatherman, Keith, Nicholas Lotz, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Matthew Droke, Aaron Moore, Jesse Wheeler, and Charles Pearson. Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So, Katie, we never did do our pandemic season two Zoom play. No. Maybe this week. Might. My nights are filling up with Zoom. <laughs> I'm busier now than I've ever been because I don't have to leave the house. <laughs> I'm doing a Zoom happy hour with um, old coworkers tomorrow. It's like, all right, let's meet up. It's so much easier because we were going to get together and have to coordinate schedules. It's like, nah, we'll just do Tuesday night at eight. Let's just do it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> what we've learned from the apocalypse.